The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSP20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Mike Mangus, editor of Modern Tire Dealer. Last year was a great one for the domestic tire industry. And in today's episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show, tire industry analyst John Healy discusses what's in store this year. From supply, mergers and acquisitions, to demand, and the most important things tire dealers must prepare for as the year begins, John covers it all. An in-depth interview with John also can be found in the January edition of MTD, which is our annual facts issue. So let's get to it. John, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you on the Modern Tire Dealer Show. Great to be with you and uh, really excited to uh, start 2022. And uh, we're really excited about what it could bring in terms of growth prospects and opportunity for all the independent tire dealers that are out there. We are as well. We're very optimistic going into the new year. And uh, speaking of that, the January issue of Modern Tire Dealer, uh, which happens to be our annual facts issue, contains a very long, in-depth Q&A interview with you, John, about uh, 2021 and more importantly, what the new year will bring. So our readers will definitely want to check that out. Um, But in the meantime, we wanted to cover a couple of things uh, with you as we kick off the year. And uh, certainly from the lens of, of the independent tire dealer or through the lens of the independent tire dealer, John, you know, you, you monitor the industry. That's your daily job. You, you track sell out, sell in, all, all kinds of different metrics and trends, including mergers and acquisitions, uh, pricing, a wide range of things. And this is a big question and, and it's somewhat nebulous. But, but in your opinion, based on what you're seeing right now as we move into the new year, what are some of the most important things tire dealers, our listeners and readers should prepare for as 2022 begins and why? Yeah, I think when you take a step back and you look at the last 24 months or so, there's been plenty of challenges in the business and there's been plenty of nice discoveries and opportunities and success, success stories. Um, But if I had to think about the things that are really important to being successful in the uh, tire installation and retail business, you know, one, I think it's service. Two, I think it's about getting customers. And three, it's about having the right product at the right price point. Um, So I don't think those pillars have changed. But I think if you you think about each of them individually, um, each of them should be a focus area. And, you know, when I think about 2022 and I think about what the challenges are that um, many chains that I speak with and interact with on a regular basis are encountering. Um, I think it's more about the, the back end side of the business, less about the front end. And when I say the front end, I mean getting the customer. I think the back end is where the challenges and the focus areas um, probably should be for dealers right now. And, and I think it starts with te- technician retention. Um, the second thing I would highlight would be access to product and inventory. And then third, I, I would say about um, 
innovating your business a bit and e-commerce initiatives. And you know, while while I don't believe that e-commerce and the tire category um, are going under dramatic change in 2022, um, I do think tire dealers keep and to have good service with the customers. Um, has, they have to have a web presence and be able to book appointments and schedule appointments and modify those. I think are essential. No longer an option. I think they're essential parts of the business. And then you know, back to point one. I think technician retention is the focus area for a lot of the good chains that I speak with. Um, I think they've all struggled with retaining their um, text and finding text. Um, you know, in the past, it had always been about finding text. Now it's about finding them and keeping them, which is a little bit different than in the past. Um, so I think those are the focus areas that um, I would prioritize um, if I was at the, uh, the top of the food chain, if you will, um, at a strong uh, tire operator. You touched upon um, supply and availability, and and the tire dealers we, we talk to on a daily basis tell us that they could sell more tires if they could just get their hands on them right now, and 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 that's due to a variety of, of different reasons, including current supply chain challenges, which which have been ongoing for a long time. When can tire dealers begin to see some relief as it pertains uh, to to supply and tire availability? You know, I think the, the relief will be with us um, sooner rather than later, but I don't think it's going to go back to um, a loose supply demand dynamic um, anytime in 2022. I think it'll take well into 2023 before you get a lot of calls from manufacturers saying, I got extra product at the end of the month and are you interested? I don't think those calls are coming anytime soon. And, and the reason for that is, I think when you take a step back and you think about 2020, you know, you had a period of the year that was largely idle from a manufacturing standpoint. Um, then all of a sudden the world reopened and when the world reopened, even when it wasn't closed completely in some areas, um, you still had demand for product um, because you know a tire replacement isn't always a um, discretionary purchase. Um, so you, you are already getting some, what I would say supply work down in the industry. Um, and then when demand came back, um, you know, the, the supply wasn't being replenished and backfilled quickly enough. So we went through a period of inventory and just stocking um, through 2020 and the back half of 2020 and into 2021. And I actually think, you know, call it middle of this year, um, you started seeing some tire manufacturers realign their capacity and start to move more into the replacement category because they knew there was short there. And the OE business wasn't as wasn't as, as robust as they hoped for. And the reason for that was the chip shortage. So now as we get into 2022, one of the things that I'm expecting um, is that the chip shortage elements um, on the new car side of things or the new vehicle or, or, or even you know in the industrial equipment space, new OE, um, I think that demand will pick up. And you'll actually start to see some 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 manufacturing capacity that had been pivoted to replacement, likely pivot back to OE, um, which isn't going to cause the, the replacement business, at least from an inventory standpoint, to re be replenished as much. So um, I don't think it's going to get dramatically better um, until the end of 2022. Um, and, and even then, I think it's somewhat better, not dramatically better. And I, and I think it's 23 before you know inventory really starts to grow. 
Um, you know, right now we're not building inventory. When I speak with a lot of dealers or wholesalers, it's as soon as we get the product in, it's gone out the door. So um, you got to start getting your deliveries above your demand um, for, you know, an inventory to be replenished, if you will. Um, and, and I think we're quite a ways from that occurring. And that's before we even get into the complications that have been created in the distribution side with, you know, ports and, and moving products from a transportation standpoint. Right. Um, you know, you, you get into elements that are time, you get into elements that are um, costs, um, and, you know, the time into the channel from ordering um, has been delayed, and the cost to, to get the product here, even with those delays, is much higher, you know, two, three X sometimes. Um, so those things are going to take a little time before um, they, they unwind themselves. So, you know, again, I, I, I think these are not quick fixes and they will take time. Additionally, I'm not a believer that um, there are a lot of what I would say this idle capacity. You know, when I study um, different industries and I actually study some industries outside of the automotive sphere, primarily on the labor market. And one of the things I, I, I kind of have been thinking myself a bit recently is that, you know, there, there may not be this lack of people working, wanting to work or things like that. I think the growth in e-commerce and the growth of products and services to me at home, you know, with the top of my iPhone, I think that's actually creating more jobs in the broader economy. And, and sometimes those jobs aren't measured always in the BLS statistics they're independent contractors like these folks. Um, so I, I think some of these shortages and, and issues we're having with labor and transportation and just the cost to conduct business, I think, I think it's a function of um, just some of these, you know, more secular changes that are happening because of things like e-commerce um, and the way that we're kind of going about and transacting on a daily basis. It's, speaking of, of e-commerce, you know, Tire Rack was probably the real pioneer in, in that field, selling tires online. And and Tire Rack was was recently acquired by Discount Tire, the country's largest brick and mortar independent tire dealership with over 1,100 uh, locations. And uh, that was that was huge. What are your thoughts on Discount's acquisition of Tire Rack and where they go from here potentially? Yeah. I thought that was definitely a headline grabber and. One that I wasn't necessarily expecting, um, you know, on a, on, a, on a standalone basis, I have great respect for Discount Tire, um, and I think they are amongst the best at what they do. Um, and the Tire Rack outfit to me was always really impressive, very entrepreneurial, very much a pioneer, um, and very much a very useful, um, you know, place on the internet to do your tire research. So, you know, largely what I saw here is a, a retail giant getting together with someone that's trying to get eyeballs and get space and um, be a destination of um, importance on the internet in the category. Um, so with those two companies getting together, you know, you really need to take notice of it. Um, so, so what to expect from these two outfits? My guess is you won't see a lot of change this year. I think there's probably going to be quite a bit of failing out process that goes on amongst both of these companies. Um, but it, to me, gets to this whole point that, um, you know, one of the leading players on the retail side is saying, hey, e-commerce is coming to our business. And, you know, we don't want to be left behind and we want to be a participant in it. 
Um, so I can understand why Discount Tire would be interested in Tire Rack. And, and my guess is what they're going to do is try to figure out ways to get those customers that are doing research about what the product is and what's the best product for my vehicle. And also important to them, what should I pay for that product? Getting that customer who's doing a tremendous amount of research on their purchase um, and get them to come to a, a discount tire location in the future um, and, to, and to have part of that um, transaction. So I think, it, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes me wonder if you know, some of the other um, what I would say, retail giants, you know, Monroe, if you will, should they be considering doing something similar or maybe they should be trying to build something on a standalone basis? Um, you know, it definitely, um, you know, grabs your attention. And I can understand why um, Discount would be interested in Tire Rack because it's a great brand. It's a leader in the space. And, you know, at some point, you know, it might not be me, but it may be my son or daughter that are buying their tires on, on, online. Um, and I think they're going to do the best to make sure that while that purchase might take, take place online, that installation is going to take place in our store. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they're, I think they're trying to, uh, you know, create a funnel that will bring them business long-term. Um, and um, I, I applaud them for making the bold step. It's, it's definitely a game changer from where we sit and, and not necessarily something we anticipated either like yourself. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I know it's early, early stages right now, but I'm, I'm sure we'll hear more from Discount Tire in the new year about the tire rack acquisition and their plans for it. And, you know, M&A activity in general really ramped up in, in 2021. Uh, you had your big players like Monroe. They continue to buy up dealerships. Uh, Percheron Capital and Big Brand Tire uh, really ramped things up near the end of the year, as did Sun Auto Tire and Service, uh, the former GB Auto. Uh, they, they picked up a number of high-profile independent tire dealership chains uh, during the fourth quarter. And uh, independent tire dealers themselves continue to buy up other independent tire dealerships. We saw quite a few uh, big announcements during the year. D do you think M&A activity will continue in general during 2022? Or will economic factors like interest rates, inflation, et cetera, uh, change things a bit? Well, I think, um, I think there's there's always a lot of variables that go into that decision whether to uh, buy or sell a business. And, and I think if you monitor what the Federal Reserve is saying about interest rates, yeah, they'll likely go higher at some point this year, but it'll be a you know, modest increase. Um, and, and I don't think that rates are moving to a point where they'd be prohibitive for a lot of companies to access capital and do so and, and make these transactions financially on paper. Um, look pretty good to themselves. So I don't think that that rising interest rate environment will be a, um, you know, a, a hurdle um, that will work against them in their activity in 2022. I actually think it might actually be a slight positive. Um, I kind of su subscribe to the theory that when rates start going up, it causes people that are on the sell side um, to maybe think about, I better act now before rates really go up. Um, so I think it could maybe get some folks, um, you know, that have been kind of idle and, and thinking about it, but not ready to, to ultimately take the plunge, could push them over the edge in terms of spending. Um, and I think that, you know, right now, 2022, at least from my perspective, um, looks to be and should be a more stable year than 2020 and 2021 was for a lot of operators. 
and I think, you know, when you get stability in a business, I think it allows a business owner to make an assessment of who they are and what their business can be. And I think it makes it easier for them to make that decision. What's my business worth? You know, we're, we're not now in a month out of, you know, the COVID environment, you know, we're, you know, on the mm-hmm. other side of it, hopefully. And there's a number of months that you as a business owner can ascertain kind of what, you know, what, what can my business really be worth and, 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 and what is it capable of doing? And I think these business owners are also faced with a lot of spend and it's not spend that is easy to do, right? It's, it's not just technicians. It's about building an e-commerce strategy and having your brand be, um, you know, participate in social media channels, um, be able to book appointments online. You know, there's some things that are outside of the historic norm that these business operators are, are, are um, you know, really need to do to, to, to grab a customer and hold on to the customer. And um, those things aren't cheap. And um, I could totally understand why a business operator at this point would be thinking about, um, you know, potentially monetizing um, their business. Um, multiples in the industry are pretty good right now. You know, when you look at quality operators that have sold this year, um, the, the, those multiples are, 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 are pretty decent. Um, so, so I don't think you'll see a, a slowing on the M&A front um, in the next 12 months. I, I tend to agree with you, John. I think everything you said is, is absolutely valid and points to just more activity in, in the coming year. Um, regular readers of your monthly column in Modern Tire Dealer, your marketplace, uh, will, will be able to, to, to tell you that uh, demand for tires has fluctuated quite a bit from month to month and over the last 12 months or so. What, what's your take on tire demand, particularly consumer tire demand at the retail counter uh, during the new year, both short-term and long-term? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is unique about the tire business is the unpredictability of it. And the way a holiday falls, the way a couple of weeks of weather happen can really impact if the business has a good month or a bad month. So I've tried to de-emphasize kind of the importance of a monthly trend to assess what the industry's been um, doing and what the health of the industry is. So I, I, I try to look at it more on a three-month basis or a six-month basis to kind of say, okay, this is what's going on in the industry right now. And I think if you look at it on a three-month basis or six-month basis, you see an industry that's doing pretty well right now. You know, maybe the growth rates in the first half of 21 for many operators were better than what they saw exiting 21. But most of the folks I speak with are still seeing car count higher. Um, they're still seeing labor rates higher. And most of them still say they've been able to pass along most of the price increases, which have been significant on the product side this year. And it hasn't just been tires. It's been oil and other hard parts in the, in the auto category. So, so, so I think you know, what I've heard from people is units are good. We're passing along the pricing. Um, and where we're struggling is just finding labor to be open as much. And yeah, there might be a week or two where we have got great business because, you know, this happened or we got a week or two because there's, there hasn't been any snow yet, you know, and, and business has been, you know, soft because of that. But I think that stuff's all normal. And, and, and most of the dealers I speak with are, are pretty encouraged about what they're seeing in their business. They're seeing, you know, low to mid single digit type increases in car count and activity levels to kind of close 21 and start the year. 
and some guys are getting helped by weather. Some some guys or gals are getting hurt by weather. And and I think that's just normal stuff at this point in the year. So largely, I would say business is on the mend and, and doing pretty well. Um, and and really, um, beyond that, I, I don't think there's um, you know much on the front end side, the de- demand selling side of things that people have been um, articulating to me that's been challenging of late. What well, sounds like the, our, our readers and our listeners could have a very great year by and large ahead of them. All, all, all factors seem to point in that direction. Yeah, you know, I, I believe that. And one of the reasons I believe that is it's, it's not just about, um, um, you know, people working. Um, one of the things I, I think that, and, and the virus, it's not just about that. I think one of the things that you can't lose sight of um, are just some of the big things that are happening in the auto sphere. Um, new car production has been way down um, because of the chip shortage, and used car prices are way up um, because you know folks that, that have money and, and want to replace their car, um, they've been paying up for new cars, so the used car values have been helped by that. And then there's been people that say, hey, you know what, I can't get the car that I want on new, so I'm willing to buy the one or two-year-old version of it. So they've been bidding up the price of used cars as well. And you know, one of the metrics I look at when I study the auto market is the Mannheim Used Car Index report that mm-hmm. comes out every month. And the Mannheim Index would suggest that used car values are 30% higher um, than that where they were kind of pre-COVID. So not not three percent, not zero to three percent. It's 30%. So it's a, it's a pretty big number, and mm-hmm. I think that causes people to stay in their cars longer um, because you know you you know interest rates might be the same, but you know if you're if you're looking at a, a $20,000 car instead of a, you know, a, a $15,000 car, it's a big difference in monthly payments. So um, I think that's probably good for the readers of, um, of the magazine and, and the site um, because I think it, people keeping in their car longer means they'll spend on categories where they might have just flipped the car and maybe that dealer would have bought a low-end product of um, tires just to, to put on the vehicle or might not done anything with it at all. Um, I think people investing in their own car that they're going to drive, they, they choose a little bit better product, and, and um, that probably is a good thing for, for those in the replacement category. Absolutely, John. That can't, that can't help but be a great thing for, for our listeners as well as, as their customers continue to invest in the maintenance of the vehicles that they currently own. Um, John, you know, want to thank you again for joining us today. It's always great to catch up with you. Uh, we want to uh, direct our, our readers and listeners once again to the full-length, in-depth interview with you in our January facts issue, which is available now. Tremendous information about not just the year that we lived through, but the year to come, and and, and a variety of different uh, categories and points of view. Uh, and John, we look forward to having you on our show later this year. We'll, we'll touch base with you as time goes on. And appreciate your insight as always. Great. I enjoyed it, Mike. And uh, best of luck to uh, all the listeners. Thank you very much. The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD 10, the training and education network. Formerly DSB 20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20-group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Thanks for listening to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. 
Don't forget to pick up a copy of Modern Tire Dealer's Facts Issue for exclusive statistics and numbers about tire sales, pricing, margins, shipments, market share, and much, much more. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.